Hello, and welcome back to Big Gay Nerds Play Blades in the Dark. I'm your GM, Saturn. You can find me at, on Twitter and Tumblr at Celestial Mecca. Uh, joining me today, as always, are Owen. Hey, I'm Owen, founder and director of Big Gay Nerds. Uh, I manage our social media, and you should go check that out. There should be some stuff at the end of the episode where I do the shoutouts. Please <laughs> listen to those, because that's where I thank all of our patrons for uh, giving us money. Uh, next up, Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah. She, her, I play Thalia. You can find me at Radio and Activity on Twitter, and I also co-host another podcast with my best friend where we talk about, like, anime and video games and stuff. You know how it is. It's called The Gorge. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Levi? Well, I am Levi. Uh, they, them, frequent contributor to the show. I'm playing Flint the Leech. And Fern. Hi, I'm Fern. Uh, they, he, and I am playing Ira Glasgow. Radical. So where we left off, uh, we're still in the first day of your rail trip. It is, let's see, we're at, where'd I put my clocks? Uh, so we're, we we're at just about, before the big we're day. just, we're, we're just past halfway through the first day. So it's like starting to get like kind of mid-afternoon time-ish. Uh, so where we left off with your actions specifically, uh, in the order that they were done, we had... Uh, Blondie, who was trying to get the punch card kind of holes uh, mapped from a door to baggage claim, mm -hmm. and made some good progress on it before being kind of uh, steered away. Uh, we had Thalia, who is talking to uh, Ricky Vellon, who is a Taikorosi monkey man, mm -hmm. uh, in the bar, trying to get some information from him, but that didn't go super well. Uh, we have Silver, who was chatting with some old knitting ladies in the Silver Coach car, where uh, they were able to piece together after uh, some, you know, after some gumshoeing that uh, the person that we're all looking for, probably not a passenger in the silver coach car. And Flint uh, took some time to go back to the suite and tend to Rosalind's uh, wounds and make sure that he is still doing just as well. So that's where the situation is right now. Um, Y'all are still in the same places that you were. Uh, as for timing, let me think. You're in the afternoon now, uh, or in the middle of the afternoon, so I think at this point, like, the only thing you'd notice is, like, there's more people, probably, in the dining and bar cars than there had been prior, uh, and, and that's really most of what you've noticed. There's nothing uh, otherwise that's super immediately suspicious. Okay. So, who would like to take their time first? So... Before we do that, yes, um, I kind of wanted to maybe do like where we figure out what we're going to try to accomplish in the next. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so also to give you an idea of what your time is looking like, uh, the next two ticks of time that you have are kind of late afternoon slash early evening. So it would be, you know, still pretty normal to go out and act but after that the next the last two ticks of your day are at nighttime right. and so while the situation will mostly be quieter a lot of the riskier areas are going to be uh completely off limits to you unless you have actual passes okay and also like there's more uh while there's less like actual guards watching because more of them will probably be sleeping in the in the bullpen car 
uh, there are like automated security systems that are that are sort of activated at the time. Okay. Uh, as we kind of went over briefly in the situation report uh, that I gave during the first episode, but I'll give again. Uh, when you're acting at night, uh, generally speaking, like the security system is at least aware when people are moving between cars, even if it's not tracking you specifically. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's always more risk when it comes to doing things at night. Okay. Um, then have... in terms of like, I was like mm-hmm. kind of trying to think it over, and I mentioned it a little in our group chat as well, but just for obviously this is a podcast. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The idea, the one of the things I think we should probably prioritize is getting into the baggage car um, and also doing something about the cameras. Um, yeah. I think I think if we can, because we know where the station for the cameras is, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not in the bullpen; it is down in the workshop, right, Saturn? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very, at the very least, the person who is who you can suspect rather easily is watching the cameras is doing so from the uh, workshop. Cool. Um, so I think our first, because it would, it would, it seems like the thing that has um, thrown us for the loop the most is. We are, I mean, there are cameras keeping an eye on us at all times. So if we can get that disabled, then that would at the very least make us, especially when we are doing things at night, um, make our navigating the train a little bit easier. And I think that's a a good thing to either, um, for Flint to maybe consider wrecking or something, maybe at night. I don't know. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, obviously taking out security cameras is a tricky thing to do because mm-hmm. people are looking at the security cameras. But right. Flint's thing specifically says that it's, like, subtle when he wrecks stuff, or at least when he yeah. wants to be. So and, I don't have to sounds... go into, and I don't have to go to the workshop to do it. I can, like, cut the feed somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, that's part of what I've uh, indicated to you, at least. Yeah, I'm looking at the loading screen tips here, have been for that. Yeah, so I went over uh, everybody's sheets and made sure to, like, document or, like, make note of some things that might have been easier to forget on the sheets that they know they can do. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that the that the leech has based on the uh, gather information questions that are actually on the sheet is that the leech is someone who is going to have a sense for being able to handle technical skills in non-obvious ways or in ways that only they could really approach. So instead of necessarily having to take things out from like going to the central node and like sabotaging it there, like theoretically you might be able to find a way to sabotage it from a more secure location. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I was thinking another. In... Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And uh, another big priority would definitely be like zeroing in on exactly where the sunstone is, exactly where Adelaide is, mm-hmm. or yeah. else like yeah. That, I definitely got to think about like wind conditions here, and um, if we find Adelaide, she would probably be able to point us at the sunstone. Like, whether or not we were able to convince her to do so is, you know, debatable. Um, and But also, if we get the Sunstone first, like, fuck her, you know? Right. <laughs> um, Unless we're just really rearing for some kind of revenge. But, you know, the, the Sunstone is, she's getting out of town with it, so it has to have some kind of value. Exactly. So, um, yeah. Um, and what so were you I saying, was, Leave? Sorry, go ahead. So I was going to... Oops. In addition to tapping into the, I mean, in addition to sabotaging the cameras, I was wondering if I could, like, like, 
sort of tap into the camera feeds. I've been thinking of ways to make it like interesting visually. And one of the alchemicals I can get makes me basically electrified. Oh. Uh-huh. So if I could like find the camera feed, like drink that, maybe I can like project it out of my <laughs> eyes or something. Maybe with like a tune roll. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so cool. Well, as I say, so go over what it is exactly you want to do, because I think even without like the specifics, we can figure out a way to turn that into a downtime action that you can do. Yeah. Or not downtime action, but you know what I mean. A time action. A time action. Um, so I guess like So a, like, are you going to use the electrify potion to disrupt the camera feeds, is what you're thinking? Well, I think uh, first I'm going gonna, gonna to find them, right? I mean, you, you might have a good idea already. Yeah, okay. So what do y'all think? Should we try to like hijack them or just like take them down so we can move around? Hijacking sounds like a good way to get information, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I'm down to do that first. If you need any setup stuff from me, then I can, you know, I'm on hand I'd, for that. I'd be happy to distract anybody you need to di- to to be distracting. Mm. We could do, um, to make things really easy for Flint, we could do the most fun thing... Although it might require drawing attention when we don't want to draw attention, but we could just do a good old fashioned distraction in the lounge. Like when there's a lot of people around, Bondi could get drunk and belligerent, and that would that would uh, have security pay more attention to him, so that Flint could focus or could uh, could act a little bit less restricted. If that makes sense. That makes a, sense to me. That's a good point. What you want to do? I'm. <laughs> Okay, so I guess I'm just going to make a fool of myself, aren't I? Um, I I like to think that, like, given what we just did, our characters probably had, like, a little huddle or something mm-hmm. after yeah, everything else. Yeah, it's safe to assume that you might have, uh, that you might have had the sense that one of you wanted to uh, regroup at the room real quick to, like, discuss a game plan, and you mm-hmm. all kind of trucked it there yeah. real quick. Well, one thing, I'm definitely going to hand over that key card and, like, the information I got about the punch system over to Flint, because he can probably do something with that, too. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Um, and, like, okay, you need distraction? Cool. Um, I could use a couple beers. I think we can get, kill two birds with one stone here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right, let's yeah. do Blondie's first then, since you're going to be the distraction. Yes, um, I'm going to go up to. Let's see, um, would that be restaurant that would have that, or the? Oh, that, that would be, be the lounge. Yeah, that would okay. be major. Okay, cool. So he is going to uh, go up to the lounge, as said. Um, Get some booze. I realize we haven't talked too much about, like, non, uh, like, Scovland booze, but I figure they've... I've just been thinking about, like, the stuff they're working with, and I got the idea of, like, a real, like, heady, like, mushroom ale, and I'm upset yeah. about that now. <laughs> well, um, here's... So, I think what you're probably used to, what Blondie's probably used to, is a kind of heady mushroom ale, or, like, I think we actually <laughs> talked about this in Fates once, uh, with, uh... Uh, Agrippa's oh, yeah. yeah. uh, family and like the town custom being the sort of like vodka made out of fungus or whatever. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of like the usual fare. But this, like the fancy train, it has like 
real grain alcohol. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. there's shit in here. Like, you don't know what a bourbon is, but it looks pretty nice, and it smells pretty nice. Okay, he's gonna take a big swig at that, and he's like, huh, this is kind of like hot bread. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's gonna do that, and he's just gonna, he's just gonna take advantage to find out what all these cool drinks taste like, and then a couple of them in, he is going to, uh, very belligerently insists that they actually don't taste good. <laughs> oh my god. This is trash, okay. Sarah. Yeah, exactly. So at so in B Major in the lounge, you're at one of the two like big bars that are there, and there's some uh you can hear some hurdy gurdy music playing mm-hmm. from the uh, other side of the car, but it's you know filling the car rather nicely. And so you're uh I was going to say a couple drinks deep, but let's be real, guy of your size, you're like maybe uh, approaching a two-digit number of drinks deep, (laughs) and you start getting rambunctious about Mm -hmm. how bad this alcohol is. Uh, So... I guess when I'm... Well, I guess when... Are you trying to start a fight with someone, or are you just trying to get eyes on you? Um... If it comes to that, a fight, but I'm thinking more just kind of fight-y, you know? The sort of guy who, like, doesn't, isn't necessarily gonna hit anyone unless they, like, try and manhandle him, but he's mostly just, like, getting in faces. Okay. And so. Yeah, so I'm looking over what. <laughs> that almost could be wreck if I was going to be more active with this, but I don't might want to do that oh yeah um, command maybe yeah that does sound like a command actually mm-hmm. uh, it's probably a command so what i'll say obviously is since you're trying to attract attention to yourself this is going to be risky mm-hmm. but since your last move uh you spent stress on it it's going to be great nice so, okay uh give me a risky great command all right then submit no bonus dice unless hmm unless you want to spend stress and push yourself I don't especially, I'm at a level of stress where I don't necessarily want to push it much further than this, because I don't have some very uh, very efficient ways to deal with that. However, um, would, now I know this is kind of on your prerogative, but would it be okay if I took a devil's bargain wherein I am very drunk? Yeah, you know what? (laughs) Sure. Give yourself the extra dice. And we're going to say that your drunkenness will have an effect for the rest of the night. Nice. Okay, cool. Oh, no! Oh, no! Okay. I got a no. one and a three. I forget. So I've sort of forgotten. Is like one through fr- three the same result, basically? Yeah, one through three is all uh, the lowest oh. tier. I don't know if... Uh, actually, good reminder, I have to pull up the, my quick reference sheets real quick. Okay. Um, uh. But uh, one through three is generally like... The, it doesn't go how you want it to. Okay. Whereas uh, a four and five are mixed success, and then a six is like, it goes how you want it to. Okay, well, I could spend stress to try and do another, but to be perfectly honest, I've had some decent luck so far in this mm-hmm. game. Um, given the circumstances, I am down to have this backfire on me. Blondie's <sighs> kind of, aside from his like little sabotage mission just now, he's kind of just been like, on vacation and maybe this will be a wake-up call for him um not that he's going to be very awake uh for the next couple hours so let me think here because this is risky great um even though it is a failure uh so what i'll say is uh first off you are very successful in terms of uh garnering attention 
Uh, you are very loud, very belligerent, maybe threaten some violence. Don't necessarily punch anyone, maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I can't speak for Blondie because he is now a force of his own. Um, and I think what happens here is, so first, hmm, I think the failure here is not that you're, is not just that you, that you fail to get attention, but rather you are too successful mm, at getting attention. That makes sense. Um, and what happens is, uh, while you're kind of stomping about, yelling uh, vaguely incoherently, at some point in a drunken moment of clarity, you realize there are three troops who are currently aiming rifles at you. You don't know when they got there, but they got there. <laughs> um, Blondie, like, slowly raises his hands and then just, like, falls down. <laughs> yeah, just immediately face plants. Yeah. Great. So, uh, so what happens here? And I think I'm going to know how I'm going to describe this complication. Um, is so one of them like like they kind of like look at each other suspiciously, still aiming at you. One of them lowers the gun down. Uh, fucking just walks over, kind of taps your head with its boot. You are presumably non-responsive. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think what happens is they're like. Uh, okay, get this one to the brig to cool off for a bit. He's had too much. Don't let him back in here. Yeah, he the the soldier barks at the barkeep and he's like, "Don't worry, I won't, no more drinks for that guy." <laughs> and uh, what happens is that a drunk blondie uh, for the next turn. I'm going to invoke the take. Well, first, actually, because this is no, actually, I'll only invoke one. Uh, your ne- the the problem that you're going to have is that next turn you're going to be in the brig in the okay. concierge car. All and right. unless you d- and you were going to be there for at least the next turn, uh, you could theoretically do something to stop that being the case. But you are going to be there until like for the next turn, basically. Well, okay then. But he is All drunk right. for the rest of the night, so yeah, he is try. he is drunk until day two. So, <laughs> <laughs> so distraction made of Flint. Uh, while you don't necessarily see this happen, uh, depending where you are, you might uh, have seen some guards move from one different parts of the train to go investigate the disturbance <laughs> happening uh-huh. over in uh, B Major. So you at least figure that some part of this is being handled. So while this con while this conflict is happening and you have a few moments of perhaps uh, attention not being paid to you, what are you doing? Okay. So I've been thinking about it. I don't. I'm trying. I'm not sure what role it would be, but what I want to well, do is talk about what you want to do. Okay. So I'm looking at my uh, the items I can take. If I mm-hmm. if I take like arcane implements, a number of lenses. And figure out a way to hook those up to the camera feed. Mm. I'd be able to like oh, watch that's them. So smart. Sure, I'll say that your arcane implements could be uh, enabled to do something like that. Oh, so, that's so but, cool. Um, I think that would be in a tune role, uh, channel electroplasmic energy, understand spectrology, that sort of thing, or tinker. Uh, I mean, tinker's my better yeah. role, but I was gonna say, um. It says tinker with mechanisms to create, modify, disable, or repair. So I think the yeah, my modify. my inkling here is that you know what you said. Uh, actually, no. Yeah, I'm gonna say this is tinker. Okay. Uh, because specifically because you're using one of your items for it, I'm, that the benefit from that is you're I'm going to let you roll with that one instead of the other one. Okay. And so I'm thinking, what I what I want to look for. Basically, we have two objectives. I can either look for. Adelaide, 
or look for the sunstone. I think either way, it's I want to like look into the the cars that I can't get into without a pass, like baggage, postal, the bullpen. Uh, the palazzo yeah, sure. would be great. I'm very curious about the palazzo. Well, what I'll say is, so give me a tinker roll, and we'll call this a. Well, since like, mm, let's call this controlled great. Actually, let's okay. say and this, I, I want to give you the extra bonus for actually using the thing. So I figure um, I can't do this from the suites, but where where would I head down to? Like the coast. Who says you can't do it from the suites? Oh, okay. Nice. There's no cameras in the suites, but like you can probably figure out how to get a connection going in there. That's great. Okay, it's, it would be part of the role. And so what I'll say is, uh, I will give you, you'll get an amount of information that is uh, commensurate to the degree of success on this roll. Okay. So Instead of just being a uh, failure mixed success thing. Okay. Now I will absolutely go ahead and spend the two stress for the extra die. Because mm-hmm. I have good feel. You cleared, you cleared it out last time. Yep. Oh, that's a six. I got two, two, There's a six and a six. There. So actual success. So you uh, whip together with your various arcane implements. This device that I almost imagine looks kind of like a weird typewriter, but with like a, a facsimile of like what I'm kind of envisioning is like you have this sort of a uh, glass that's in front of like up a like a piece of parchment almost being fed up, but through the glass with some tinkering and like a, a spending a little while trying to maneuver your way through the train's pretty uh, secure, otherwise secure like electroplasmic kind of like circuitry, you're able to actually jack into the camera feeds and it will, and the image of like a camera feed, uh, actually the one currently that's in the workshop, just sort of overlooking the main hallway, you can see it projected on the glass through the, or through the glass onto the piece of parchment behind it. And so what I'll say is since you've got a full success, uh, you tell me three cameras you want to look through and I'll tell you what's in each one. Okay. So, um, Hmm. Oh, three. Boy. Um, so, Palazzo. And what I'll say is, if it, if it influences your decisions at all, this is going to be a right-now thing, not a forever thing. Yeah, I got you. So, yeah. Um, Flofts, uh, the Palazzo, and... Hmm. Either baggage or postal. Yeah, okay, postal. Okay, so start with the lofts. Um, the first thing you see is it's a camera that's kind of overlooking the main hallway of the lofts. And it's a hallway that's pretty similar to the one that's in the suites car that you're in right now. Just there's less doors, uh, because by your understanding, the lofts are bigger, nicer rooms. Yeah. Uh, you do see uh, someone on your persons of interest thing, uh, Roy Shavargosk, uh, uh, briefly... Uh, actually, no, they'd be exiting. No, wait, hold on. Uh, he would be exiting his room in the lofts and heading out towards, uh, the suites. Uh, you could reason that he is probably going to the lounge to relax for a bit. Makes sense. Um, and that's what you see in the lofts. Uh, in the postal, you get a, a view from a camera that's kind of overlooking the elevator, like the little freight elevator that goes up there. And you see there's some kind of implement that you wouldn't know how to describe it, really, because you haven't seen anything like it before. But it looks almost like a... Actually, no, you probably would know how to de- how to describe it, because it reminds you of turrets a bit. Mm. It's something you would have seen back during the Unity War days at, like, you know, Imperial uh, strongholds. Is that it looks like there's some kind of turret 
system that's just kind of watching and waiting. And aside from that, you see lots and lots of rows of shelves and lockers and cubbies and things like that that are full of sealed packages. Uh, there is no camera in the Palazzo. Pick a different one. Oh, okay. Damn. So... There, there's clearly a wire that should go to the Palazzo, but there is no camera in the Palazzo. You, there's oh. nothing for you to access. Damn. People hmm. are definitely fucking in there. <laughs> <laughs> so what do y'all think? Uh, baggage? I can... Uh, baggage is the one pen. that we might put a lo- wind up putting a lot of effort into trying to break into, so like scoping it out first would probably be educational. Yeah, I'm very glad to know about the turret and postal because as we go to the we go to postal through the baggage. So yeah, yeah I'll check out the baggage. Yeah, and then last but not least, your camera flicks to the baggage. Uh, from a similar perspective, it's the freight elevator that would be going up to uh, the postal car. And you see, kind of similarly, there's lots of different uh, cubbies and lockers and things like that. Actually, what you'll what I'll say is uh, there's sec- there's a section that is like cubbies that look like they're full of bigger, nicer accoutrement that you would assume is where the people in gold coach keep their things. Gotcha. And then past that, there's a hallway of lockers that would probably be where the people in silver coach uh, put their things. Um, you briefly see uh, one of the concierges, not a specific one. Uh, who is uh, kind of overseeing uh, a passenger while they uh, go uh, put something into uh, in their silver coach baggage. Uh, mm-hmm. So probably not Adelaide, because you probably would have caught from Ira that you are that you can pretty confidently say that she's not someone who's in silver coach. Mm-hmm. But you also know that presumably through the concierges, you could theoretically get access to the baggage bar. Okay. Albeit temporary and monitored, but possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. And after this brief uh, flitting about gathering information, there's a uh, electroplasmic shock uh, through this thing that just completely toasts the implement that you made. Uh, presumably some kind of backup security measure. But uh, was wasn't enough to keep you from getting some good information out of it. All right. So, um, actually, and you know what? Since you got those, I'll go ahead and give you a... Well, let's go ahead and start a clock. Let's call it a uh, train recon. We'll put it under sun shard clock, and we'll give that a uh, a two of six, let's say. Nice. And so you got some on that. And yeah, that's where you're at. I... And because Blondie did did uh did the the. <laughs> The distraction for you. Uh, as far as you know, like you wait around a bit and keep like keep your ear to the ground, make sure no one's like coming for you, and no one comes yeah, for no you. No one kicks the door down. The okay, cool. Yeah, no one's knocking on your door either. As far as you know, you got in and out undetected. You could actually probably assume that the uh, pulse that disabled your implement was probably a kind of automatic reflex and not something that was uh, pushed for. It's a shame. These things are expensive. Yeah. Alright, uh, next up we have either Ira or Thalia. I just want to, as as a player, I just want to say, as I've been thinking about this, we do have another hint as to what's in the plaza that I don't know if we've thought about. What's is that? that when we were talking to, oh, well, when we were overhearing Natalie and Lena, um, it's it was an imperial order that oh. uh, did that. So if it's uh, so if the Imperial is still looking for Adelaide or the Sun Shard, then 
neither of those are probably in the palazzo. But if they have them already, they might be in the yeah. palazzo. Yeah. <laughs> so that that does put things in context, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I just thought about it and I was like, oh, that's probably something we should <laughs> think about too. Right. Um, and since we're probably probably there's still assassins, it's possible that the those assassins are in the palazzo too. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Maybe that could be what Ira snoops after next. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. So here's like uh, I have two ways to go about it. If if it's okay for me to take my turn, is that okay? Yeah, go for uh, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, I originally was like, okay, I'm going to try to have a lunch break with Doll every day. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, but, like, it doesn't have to be, like, a break break. Like, it's not a decompress, but, like, we, like, talk or, like, investigate things or something. Mm-hmm. But, so I was thinking of using that to kind of, like, be like, okay, what do you know about the Palazzo, the Imperial Order, and stuff like that. Or also, I could just try and snoop. Like, mm. I'm not by myself. I don't know if we want to get Doll, uh, in, how involved we want Doll to be in this. Like, He's so. not a bad contact. Maybe just yeah. something about, like, like, have there been any people around who look like they might be important Imperial agents or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like, like, what was the details? When did this happen? When did the imperial order that the palazzo got reserved happen? Like, um, and then also like that. So yeah, I think I'm gonna have lunch break with Doll. <laughs> cool. So describe to me your lunch break before I have you roll for that. Yeah, I think I am actually gonna grab something from the restaurant in B minor, and mm-hmm. uh, meet him over at the observation. Uh, an A major, um, ah, and it's yeah. gonna be cute. <laughs> yeah, he's he's probably actually what you probably know is this probably isn't something you planned. You probably just know from something that he's mentioned that this is around the time of day he usually steps up to ob- observation to like or the time of day during a trip on this train specifically that he steps up to the ob- observation car just sort of like look out over the inky black sea and smoke a cigarette and and just think about things mm-hmm. so uh they're definitely i forget is doll here or they um, that, was, that was something that you specified but i don't remember i'm kind of like going in between uh probably well, let's like just say a let's just say one or the other he. yeah mm-hmm. yeah one or the other so he's looking over the uh the railing and sees you approaching with the thing and oh my god what does doll sound like there's something to think about <laughs> so for the listeners that, uh, that uh, we described him earlier but he is a big big guy uh <laughs> he's uh he's like um he's a tigerosi who is uh muscular but does have like a layer of softness around that because not some the, blubber just a yeah, bit because he is a narwhal tigerosi um, who has had the horn like cut off a little bit, but he he has a little unicorn th- uh, horn. I'd say you would actually know from having met him that he had to have it cropped for uniform regulations. Yeah. The, thing, the thing used to be like three feet long. They're like, you can't be having that if you're going to work in the train. Uh, <laughs> you're fucking up the chandeliers. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he has it. He has it cropped, but he is a narwhal tykerosi, uh, and the flavor on the uh, on the image is relaxed and amiable. Appreciates a fine cigar. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? He is smoking a cigar, actually. That would mm-hmm. be correct. And I think he sees you approach, and uh, he has a pretty uh, soft voice uh, relative to his uh, usually imposing size. He's like, well, hey, sweet roll. Fancy seeing you here. I, I remembered that you would be here around now. It's your break, right? And I offer one of the little bagged lunches that they have at the restaurant. <laughs> well, I wonder who would have told you something like that. Certainly not me. <laughs> <laughs> And so you two, uh, you have uh, lunch for a bit. And so remind me what you wanted to kind of uh, ask him about. Um, so I want to definitely like lead it to the palazzo. I heard that the, this this lady Lena Gatil was made making such a fuss about it, and I'm just curious. My interest is pi- it peaked by that. Um, is and where, like, uh, like exactly like it went? Does this happen often? Um, What's the imperial, uh, like, order? Do you know anything? Things like that. Okay. So I'm going to say that this is probably a consort, because this is, like, gathering information rather than trying to change an opinion. Or yeah, get I'm not swaying a certain way. Yeah. So it's going to be consort. This is going to be controlled standard. And you are going to take plus one dice because of your ability trust in me. Because you two have an intimate relationship, all things considered. Yep. Okay. So... One second. Consort. What was the position again? Uh, This is going to be controlled standard. Controlled. Standard. Bonus dice one. Submit. Five. Alright, there's a five in there. Um, So what I'll say is... um, So I want to think of what he'd actually tell you. Because he's pretty candid about it. He doesn't think too much of you asking him about this kind of stuff. Uh, What he does say, at the very least, is... uh, He doesn't... Like, he wouldn't know of anyone who looks important. Because if you ask that, he's like, well, I know of important people is probably Lena. And then whoever is in the palazzo that isn't Lena anymore... And I personally haven't seen that person, so or people or whoever's up in there. Usually, it's not the first time that we've had you know imperial troops tell us to vacate the uh, you know this car or that car for reasons they don't bother to tell me about. He shrugs, um, but usually they give us like a bit more warning. This one was pretty sudden. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know about this basically until shortly before we were boarding. Wow. Yeah, so I... Trust me, I... I really wish it was any other trip, because I... Like, Lena's... She's kind of all of our bosses, uh, because she's with the the Ministry of Transportation, and Mm -hmm. they... Well, I'm sure you don't need a... I'm sure, uh... (laughs) Uh, uh, Natalie's already uh, made some implications about that. She, uh... She lost a sibling to, well, I can't really say specifically because mm. who knows. But oh my those folk, those folks at the at the at the ministry tend to be uh, uh, the disappearing sort, let's say. Mm-hmm. So I try not to stick my nose where it don't belong, and I mean, 
I don't even think the security systems uh, do anything in the plot, so just because it's supposed to be the most private thing possible, apparently, for security. But, and then he just shrugs. That's really all I know about it, personally. Uh, I think, like, hearing this again, first hearing it from Natalie, and then hearing it from him, like, I was like, dang, those are just as much of the gangs that... uh, those sound like just as much of a gang as the people that I run with as a kind of joke. <laughs> he, he, he laughs at that. Like, yeah, it's, it's the Ministry of Transport's basically a gang, except the, the Emperor thinks it's cool. Mm-hmm. So it's a gang, but you can't get arrested for it, usually. Yeah. Hell, though, it pays well. So, <laughs> and he shrugs. Mm-hmm. I work three days out of a month, and I make enough to... to to take care of myself, so I can't really complain. That is, that is, that is a good perk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'm, I'm just thinking of, like, I think at this point, like, I would turn it, like, as to not really, I don't want, it, I'm not super worried about raising suspicion because I'm pretty candid about the fact that, like, there's a reason why we got this suite reserved and now we're not using it <laughs> and things like that. Like I'm pretty candid about what's going on um, as much as I- Ira would be uh, because Ira doesn't really have as much of a stake in Adelaide or things like that. But um, I-, I think that um, I don't want to make a doll worry too mm-hmm. much so i think at this point like i would move the conversation to what um what got him into like being a conductor how he decided that and things like that um, yeah and I, I think he pivots to that with mm-hmm. uh as as good spirits as he can he's not like obviously he cares about you a great deal but he's he uh he's confident enough in you that he's not going to you know spend energy being worried about something that you're not worried about mm-hmm. if that makes any sense mm-hmm. yeah he's only as he would only be concerned for your safety if you were concerned for your safety mm-hmm. so he, he trusts he trusts you to make to to make good decisions on your own <laughs> he hasn't seen my uh, character sheet with the reckless trauma <laughs> yeah yeah no he hasn't is part of is part of it yeah uh, so yeah and you and you you know get off of that train that the train of conversation uh ironically mm. named uh, pretty effortlessly, and you gather that information. And, yeah, because I was thinking about consequence or anything, but I think the consequence is just you don't actually know anything about the people you're asking about, really. Like, you don't get any information yeah. necessarily about any assassins. I just know assassins more context or... around it. Yeah, but it also, like, you know that whatever this was is pretty sudden, which makes you think that this is necessarily taking over the Palazzo car is maybe not something that has been part of the plan for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. It's also what you can intuit from that. Yeah. And I think like, that's something like, I don't know if that's like, like that information is something that we could get with the Rose, but at some point we should confer because I think that that means that it's very possible that they might have captured Adelaide or the sun shard or something like that. If it was that Mm -hmm. soon, um, cause we can assume that when back two weeks ago, when we got the ransom note, that wasn't part of the plan. 
Okay. Yeah, and I will say also, depending on if you want to ask Sunshard, you it still technically owes you answers about the Sunshard. Oh yeah, so. I do yeah. need to talk to the Azure Rose at some point. <laughs> you, you, br- you brought it on board and are going here with it, so you have you've paid up your end of the bargain in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and last but not least, for this t- tick of time is Thalia. Um. Oh shit! I just hit the wrong button. Sorry. Um. So I think kind of straightforward what I'm going to do is take advantage of oh, I have so many windows open how do you do this Saturn <laughs> uh, I, cl- I close them when I am not immediately looking at them Jeez. like um, like as soon as Ira rolled I closed Ira's sheet yeah, <laughs> smart. Um, so I think Thalia was previously at the lounge and left as Blondie started making uh, his noise. Yeah, uh, you were talking to a uh, Tykerosi monkey man who you wouldn't know, I suppose, mm-hmm. aside from the conversation you had with him and things kind of cooled off when he realized that you were married, married. and that he wasn't <laughs> going to be uh, nothing productive and from from his point of view is going to happen in conversation, so he kind of checked out. <laughs> right. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is go back to the suite, um, mm-hmm. say hi to Flint, and what I'm actually going to do is use compel because there's a few things I'm kind of concerned about. The one thing I want to see if maybe I could do is like summon a ghost to not necessarily find like any any of the enemies without, because I don't think that would be a thing I could do necessarily, but to find people who would have um, like ill will towards us. Do you think that's a thing that a ghost could like feel out? I forget, was it established like, ghosts can be on this train without getting fucking annihilated? They can't get into the train. But uh-huh. that doesn't mean that there aren't ghosts in the train. Oh. Um, they can't get out. And, uh, they can't <laughs> get out, yeah. And if all else fails, I also have spirit bottles. Two of them. So I can um, actually... Oh, yeah. Um, what I'll say is... Because I think you can definitely roll for this, obviously, like summoning a ghost and getting it to do something... Uh, it won't be able to communicate with you in especially complicated, like, ways. Mm-hmm. Like, the last time you did this to get information is you had a ghost try and give you, like, uh, numbers on people who were in a building, and it sure. did so in a very, uh, obtuse way that, right. uh, was not actually, uh, uh, properly solved by anyone in the episode, I don't think. <laughs> okay. So you would yeah. know that if you're trying to get it to give you complex information, you're going to have a hard time with it. Then but, uh, I can actually solve that problem. Um, oh? Having it tell me which, just tell me which um, of the, what is the word I'm looking for here, guys? The the passenger cars, the tra- mm. like the silver coach, gold coach, or the lofts, tell me where it, if it's in one of those three places. Does that make sense? So it can just give me like a one word, simple answer. Like silver, gold, or loft, or sweet. I can see that. Okay, so you're trying to uh, to seek out people who may have uh, antipathy towards you. Yeah, ill will towards us in one of the four passenger cars. That does sound like something that ghosts would be able to sniff out. Okay, yeah, go ahead and give me that. I think that's a pretty simple thing. Um, that's a pretty direct attune roll, I will say. Uh, since you are summoning a ghost, it's going to be risky. Okay. Um, but the effect will be standard also. If so, I use, the usual kind of roll. If I used one of my spirit bottles, um, 
Okay. Does that give me any kind of a bonus, like a bonus dice? Um, what I'll say for spirit bottles is because spirit bottles is an item that is specifically already containing a spirit. Mm-hmm. So you would be able to tell me what and who you are specifically summoning also. Okay. So it would have an effect that would presumably depend on what kind of ghost you manage to grab. I know exactly what kind of ghost I managed to grab. <laughs> What's <laughs> the ghost just... that you grab? It's one of the enemies without that Arden murked. Oh my god. <laughs> so I have to ask you, which one is it? Um, was it compassion there were three. that she got? There were in... three. Yeah. Well, there were three that died there. Right. There was Mercy. Mm-hmm. Then there was the wizardy one who was enemy without form. No, enemy without end, excuse me. Yes. And then there was enemy without compassion who is the man in disguise. Right. Um, let's do, let's do end, actually. Okay. Yeah. So, um, this will be, instead of, uh, risky standard, this will be risky grade. Cool. So, uh, give me the roll for a tune on that, is that what I believe this would be? Four and a four. Ugh. Okay, so a mix. Mm-hmm. All right. So you summon... Uh, the bottle, the bottled ghost of the enemy without end, and outside of his uniform, uh, like, because as a ghost remnant, it's like most of it's just, there's sort of the vague gesture of clothes that were worn in life, but for the most part, it's just the identity. Mm-hmm. And, and enemy without end is this kind of like wiry, tired looking guy, very thin, very, uh, I would say, like, looks like he's been through a lot and is just doing everything he can to harden himself to keep the 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 bad shit out. Mm-hmm. So he looks kind of like on the edge, let's say. Even as even for a ghost, he's pretty uh, <laughs> he's pretty frightening looking. Actually, the process of summoning him is probably what causes Levi's uh, machine to short out. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, what's your command for him? Um, just specific, just to reiterate it, I guess, for however fully I would phrase it. Seek out those who have ill will toward us, which is a thing that the enemy without end would know what that feels like. Okay, so what happens is, so he kind of like oh, and she nods also specifies in, like which car. Tell me the car. Yeah, so he nods in kind of affirmative, uh, strained-looking affirmative, and disappears for a while. And then he comes back. Um, the first... Let me think about how he communicates this real quick. Um, so... He sings a few chords oh. when he comes back, actually. A progressions of sorts. Um, oh. Each one is... No, actually, they're different lengths. Uh, first he sings you you have I'm not going to I don't know if Thalia has much of a musical background but I think that you could identify these based on like just upbringing generally mm-hmm. there's a two note chord that he sings in a C major okay there's a pause there's another two note chord that he sings in D major and then a three note chord that he sings in D minor great so wait, it was a it was two in D major and three in D minor, as well as two in C major. Cool, I'm making a note of this. Okay, he does not communicate any additional info to you about what that hostility is, mm-hmm. but that it is hostility. 
Could be hostility right. towards uh, Blondie for making an ass of himself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it could be. You don't know. Uh, right. The only, Thanks, thing, the only thing that he can tell you is... And then a 20-note chord in B major. <laughs> <laughs> well, if... If if Ar- if uh, Folia had stretched it to the entire car, then probably, but uh, she specified only the passenger cars. So. <laughs> um, and the consequence for this is, uh, hmm, because there is a consequence, and it was risky. Maybe some kind of clock about like ghost suspicion. Yeah, I think so. I think what happens here is after the command is issued. And the ghost kind of, like... The ghost just sort of leaves. Mm. Like, it leaves the room and just starts just going somewhere. And you actually, uh, in sort of the intervening time period between this tick of time and the next tick of time, because you are now at the last tick of the sort of late afternoon, evening, uh, now, uh, what you, you actually hear kind of a commotion as there's some rays of alarm, and then eventually you hear someone call out... Uh, call to get the spirit warden and eventually uh after a couple minutes the disturbance seems to stop okay and that's the interesting thing that happened in the intervening time between uh between the fourth or the fifth and the sixth no the fourth and the fifth tick excuse me okay is that uh there was a brief ghost commotion and at some point uh the spirit warden on the train who would be a person on person of interest on your sheet uh Reg- reverie agatha kratz mm. uh she is somewhere in the immediate vicinity right now mm. okay so it's the late evening uh as a reminder blondie you are currently in the brig in right. the concierge <laughs> car uh recovering from your drunken rampage uh, Ira, you're hanging out in the, uh, the observation car with Dahl. Flint and Thalia are both in C major. Okay. And I think, uh, actually, I think at this point, uh, Jackie, since you're both here, Jackie had went to go drink at the lounge as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I bet Jackie is the one who tells us that, uh, that Blondie is currently... <laughs> resting yeah that, that's, that's actually what happens is with the kickoff time is that jackie comes in and it's like hey just so you know uh blondie got real belligerent and dragged off to the brig in the concierge car i, oh. I can't do this voice anymore <laughs> it'll be real uh, ah he is scouting out the bullpen <laughs> I say, I'll, it'll be real i don't actually uh i'm not good at the english accent and i don't do red jackie's voice super often but she communicates <laughs> roughly that to you <laughs> Well, at I, least he was a good distraction. <laughs> good for him. I good have fellow. I thinking about what I want to do with my situation, and I'm going to do something suboptimal. I'm going to do something <laughs> that would that um, I don't have any dots in, and I still don't want to like tick stress hmm. to do it, but I okay. still want to do it. And so I figure a good thing to represent... Blondie just sitting in his cell for a while and trying to just sort of shake himself sober would be to um, tune. Oh, okay. So, uh, as we went over in previous episode, tune is basically our sort of homebrewed equivalent for... Oh, there's a puppy barking. Uh, on my end, it's okay. Uh, but is the sort of equivalent of Gaze into the Abyss, where you mole meditate or think things over, uh, roll a tune, controlled standard. 
Whispers from the Dark will guide you. If you use its guidance, meaning you inform your next action, you get a bonus. Okay, yeah. Um, and maybe this is foolish of me to just be doing the roll to pick the lowest, but I don't... Hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to spend the stress. So I can at least up to you. So I can at least do one. I'm to five stress now. What I'll say is, like, yeah. because of the way this is, like, you can. There are theoretically consequences that can happen if you somehow fail this roll, but you're not going to not get information out of it. Hmm. Okay. Then you know what? I'm. Then I, I take that back. Then <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just going in blind. So controlled standard. Mm-hmm. No bonus dice. Oh. <laughs> A one wow. and a six. I could have had it all. Um, <laughs> well, think of it this way. If you'd have spent the stress, it would have just been a one. That is true, yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that's so rough. A land of contrasts. <laughs> so you spend some time sitting, thinking over your crimes, just trying to uh, get yourself in a right headspace, trying to think of what it is that you can do to... Uh, get some more work done on this thing while you're stuck in here, at least for, you know, another hour or two. And so what happens is I'm still trying to think of what information I'm going to give you from this because I want it to be relevant to I, the I, thing. I, what I just I will realized say is I, I did know... not fully um, state what I was looking for. So if you wanted... Oh, yeah. You know what? Tell me what you're looking for specifically because I think it will make a difference. Yeah. Um, I think that Blondie in his head, like... He is trying like, okay, I gotta I gotta get serious about this, I gotta start planning. And he starts like doing the like in <laughs> So he's he's trying to like figure out how he's how he could like say, um, get like the something that's sort of been on his mind is like the like elevators, you know? He's trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to like get onto those and in his head he's sort of doing like a Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock. Like, okay, do I do this and then that? But it's, like, it's Blondie and also Blondie who's exceptionally inebriated. So, like, it, like, (laughs) consistently breaks down partway through. Yeah. So, here's the thing. I know what the consequence for this is. And so you take level two harm, splitting headache. (laughs) Oh, no. Because you're thinking so hard Mm -hmm. and something snaps and the hangover comes rushing immediately. (laughs) You don't know what it is you drink that is behaving like this, that, but your 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 fungal ale wouldn't betray you. Your fungal, let's say, wouldn't wouldn't betray you like this uh, hard grain liquor has. Yeah. Um. As for something specifically relating to the elevators, um, I think the inciting incidents of this, as was standard for a kind of uh uh gaze into this, is you have vision, and it's like very hazy. It's a flash. It's 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 very hard to determine uh, what is happening because it's here one moment and gone the next. Uh, you see, you get an image that kind of like seems to be almost shifting between your image of what these different elevators looks like of some kind of card shunt as well. Mm. And the other thing is you get a second flash of it's these card shunts but it's the room is cast in a different light. There's like a flashing red light, but the shunts are illuminated in a way that you can't really intuit. But mm. it's not something you've seen so far. Gotcha. And that's the extent of the vision that you get. All right. Well, then I'm just going to spend the rest of my thing like just like if they're just going to keep me in here like an hour or so, 
then yeah um, they're they're going to let you out at the end of this tick because it is assumed that you will be getting back to your room and sleeping off the rest of the way yeah yeah so he's just he's just going to do that and at some point he's going to start like just cradling his head in his hands like oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really it really smarts um so we still have Ira Thalia and Kristoff mm, okay so we know kind of where our, uh, maybe where our enemies might be. <sighs> yeah, you have a sense that there are at least people who, for one reason or another, bear you an- bear a non-zero number of you animosity, kind of clustered in small numbers in the uh, the sweet sloths and gold coach. Okay, sweet sloths and gold coach. Hmm. Not silver coach. Everyone's no. chilling. Silver coach. <laughs> silver coach is full of what i'll say is silver coach is like it's a lot of just folks who are just need to get to tycarus for one reason or another mm-hmm. it's not like there's not a whole lot of high profile people in silver coach mostly just people who are traveling on business and aren't important enough to get a nicer car okay man i just really now is like the one thing i can think is getting into the palazzo i know i went in there so bad I know. I, I think that might be a nighttime thing. Well, it, it is. It is now nighttime. It is. It's all. It's almost nighttime. It's oh, dust. it's like this is like right now. You would say this is like kind of like dinner slash post dinner time right now. Okay. Okay. Um. And actually, what I will also say is the lights in the thing. Normally, they've been pretty like kind of fluorescent almost in a way that you'd really only see in White Castle or White Crown. I keep wanting to call it White Castle. Uh, you can't get any burgers there. Um, but usually it's been pretty fluorescent, like pretty brightly lit. But in the last like kind of hour or so, it's kind of dimmed to a candlelight. Okay. And you get the sense that uh, when nighttime actually happens, all the lights are probably just going to be off because people are going to be trying to sleep. Right. Then um, I'm going to wait till nighttime to do anything substantial. So I am just going to go decompress out on the observation deck. Sure. What you doing there to decompress? Um, just looking at shit? Just looking thinking. at the ocean rolling by and trying to calm down because I'm, I've only got three ticks of stress left to spend. So yeah. uh, she's just so trying to go take ahead and take one off. Cool. Yeah. I think part of it is like... There's part of you that you that you remember when you were younger, having made this trip, having made the trip to uh, Duskfall. Mm-hmm. That you, there's once when you're younger and you looked over the sort of inky black sea and felt this sort of sense of like wonder and awe because it's just so big and you're spend like the the train's moving at a pretty good clip and some part of you's like was when you were young was even trying to be like well if we're going this fast and it takes us this long to get there how big is the ocean right kind of deal and but looking at it now just makes you feel horribly uncomfortable yeah because you're realizing like how big is the ocean (laughs) because the thing about the ocean is like when you look down into it right it's all inky black but you can see deep below like glimmering starlight Mm. like what used to be written about and what little accounts survive of the time before the collapse Mm. and there's something about the starlight that upsets you Mm. you can't quite place your finger on it right but you still get some time to chill out so you take a stress off cool yeah because my next moves are gonna be next tick all right we still have ira and flint this turn 
Let's say Flint first. All right. So I'm looking at our various clocks. I see baggage key copy two out of four. Is that something I can help with? Do some forgery? Yeah, so uh, basically Blondie gave you a, what I'd say is probably a mostly complete, if not entirely complete, like, transcription of sort of the punch card uh, socket for, like, the key, like, the keys that you would use to get into the baggage car. It's just that, like, as a piece of paper with some notes on it, uh, it doesn't really do you a whole lot of good. Okay, so... Currently. But, but you could theoretically turn that into something. Like with a study role, perhaps, to understand it? Um, or... Well, it depends what you're trying to do. Because basically, like, you have what is essentially a trace of a key. Essentially. And you could probably figure out a way to make a facsimile of that. Or a way to use that information to acquire one, or something of that nature. If you're trying to complete that clock specifically. So when you say a punch card, is it... What you have is like a piece of paper with some holes in it, essentially. That are in a very specific pattern that you would know is probably like from what you've seen of the... Or I guess actually from even from the workshop key that you have maps pretty closely to like the actual like electroplasmic security card that they would stick in that. And with this, you have a good idea of how you'd need to reconfigure one or otherwise make one to basically work as a security card. Okay. But all you have is the blueprints for it. You don't have an actual, like, thing. Okay, so I need supplies to do a tinker roll. Um, hmm. So, like... Is it a special kind of paper? Do I need implements, or is it something I could like? Well, you could either use because the the key itself is just like it's like a circuit board, basically. Almost is kind of what I'm imagining because it's like a key card. Um, What I think is either you could use some kind of implements to make one, or at what I'll say is I guess devil's bargain at greater effect, you could sacrifice one of your workshop keys to turn it into a baggage key. We got two. You could do that. Do we have two? Yeah, we there's, have two. There's the one that two. I got from Natalie. Oh, right, yeah. And, yeah, and one that we pickpocketed. That's right. Okay. We do have, yeah, we got a spare. Okay, so, that. yeah, Flint's going to see about modifying his workshop key into a baggage key. Since that's the one cool. that he got. Cool, okay. In that case, it will be Tinker, and since you're using one of the keys, it will be Control Gray. Okay. Got two twos. Ooh. So okay. now can what, now what's the rule on rerolls? That's something I can spend stress for. Yeah, you could. I uh, my my house rule is that if you want to push yourself to get another dice, you can do so post roll. So I can just, roll one more d six basically for one stress. Yeah, and just take and oh, mark two, two mark two stress. stress okay, actually. well that sounds worth it. All right, come on, gambling. Six. Six. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, it pays off. Um, so what I'll say is, on a full success... The lesson is that gambling works. Uh, what I'll say is, so the baggage key copy thing is filled. That's done. Um, but what happens is, you notice a interesting way that this sort of punch card keys are overlaid. Or rather, their patterns map to each other. Oh, nice. And you realize that you can make a key for both. 
you just have to make some modifications. And after some tinkering, you manage to modify one of your workshop keys to be a workshop and baggage key. Excellent. Nice. Well, all right. So now, well, you had you had two workshop keys ticked, and then you have two workshop keys and a baggage key ticked, but one of them is just a combined key, basically. Cool. That's very cool. Okay. Yeah. So it is Iris' turn now. Um, I think one of the things, uh, uh, I do think that it probably is at the end of the break for Doll, so kiss on the cheek. Uh, see you yeah, at this point, Dole is yeah. uh, preparing to uh, go back to the front car, uh, close up shop for the night, basically, and then probably spend both night turns uh, hanging out in the the crew quarters trying to sleep, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, so I will give him a kiss on the cheek, and I will go pal around in gold coach, I mm. think, is what I want to do. Uh, um, yeah, I okay. want to stop by a restaurant and buy like an extra of something so like like a like a soda but like is there anything like a soda type of Hmm. thing like a like a fancy drink but not too fancy there's the very classical mode of coca-cola which is to say it probably has some kind of illicit substance in it (laughs) but like just a little bit so it's still tasteful perfect instead of just being completely deranged so i'm gonna buy (laughs) two and then um like go over to gold coach and act like oh no i accidentally got an extra one does anybody (laughs) does does anybody want like like i'll like to the people that are like starting to filter back into the gold coach and stuff like that um uh i that will be my in to try to get to somebody who either like knows something or is someone is my hope um, okay so what are you thinking you're going to roll for this I feel like that could be a consort kind of or sway or sway someone with charm sway someone with charm logic and deception disguise or bluff yeah so like yeah like, I'll give you I'll give you sway for that yeah sure all right. Um, as is, it would be a controlled standard. Okay. Cool. Um. Controlled. Perfect. Ooh. Hey, there's a six. A six. Okay. So yeah, uh, someone actually interesting does uh, pick up your uh, pick up what you're putting down pretty early. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, with a sort of boisterous, well, who am I to say no to a cola? It's, uh, it's the passenger Captain Lucy Magni, who is seated in gold coach for once. Uh, And she invites you back to her little, uh, breakfast nook to, uh, have, have some soda and chat about stuff. Yes! Hell yeah. I was really looking forward to meeting this one. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so happy. So I guess the question the question I have, since this worked out so swimmingly, is what you're asking her about specifically, or what how you're trying to lead conversation. Kind of the same same way as with the knitting ladies, kind of into the gossip zone. Um, <laughs> like like just because like it's very fun to gossip about strangers that you've just met um, <laughs> or just seen, uh, but also like it's like start it out on the normal like. 
oh, trains, huh? And, <laughs> gotcha. and like go from there. Like and like I, I'm actually gonna try to like buddy up with uh, Captain uh, Lucy Magni. Cool. Uh, Maybe yeah, find out if there's think. anybody who's uh, who seems like a scary let's put it sort. This, let's put it this way: like um, uh, Snapper's mom has this tendency to whenever she's on public transportation like to find a best friend who she then gets <laughs> comes home with their phone number and keeps up to them um, on facebook and stuff like that that is what i am trying to do here <laughs> yeah she's and, and and lucy is very amenable to this kind of attention mm-hmm. uh, at risk at, she's not necessarily an attention hog but she likes the she definitely likes people paying attention to her in that way mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so, what were you asking her specifically again? Just, like, uh, like, like any, any, anyone uh, scary or anyone Like, who's... suspicious. Who do, what do you think these people do for a living? Things like that. Gotcha. And so, you're having this conversation with her, and let me think. Um, I think it, I think, yeah. So she's like, well, there's, oh, there's always, <laughs> there's always characters on this, on this train. It's like the first time I've had to take it. But, you know. So different different people every time, you know how it is. There's this uh, there's this monkey guy. Uh, he's Tykerosi, but you know he looks he 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 kind of has this very uh, bright pink face and lot and a weird kind of beard, and he's always wandering around between the lounge. No idea what the hell he does. He's definitely not like a legitimate businessman, but he can still afford to sit in gold coach. So uh, she shrugs. And then also, um, in this d- day and age, what is a legitimate business? And I, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the only the only business for me is hunting leviathans, personally. Uh, and then she, let me think of who else she would mention. Uh, there's this uh, creepy guy who's, I think, uh, Akarosi, uh bald. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, you know, do any rumors about anyone, but he's, he he smells like a like a the charnel house smells like one of those places where they what go and dissolve the dead bodies or whatever and i'm pretty sure he's not the spirit warden because he's not wearing a uniform so Mm. oh my goodness Um, where's he do you know uh, somewhere else in here i see him around she shrugs he doesn't sit he doesn't sit close enough for her for her to know where he sits you'd think that that in gold coach they would they would at least have a requirement to take a shower before you go again it was before yeah, you board the train. You'd think, man, if I tell you. <laughs> um, and the other person she'd mention is... Um, who did she mention? Oh, yeah, and there's this uh, old guy, uh, Severus. He's uh, the postmaster. He actually hangs out in Gold Coach as well. He he used to be a, 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 a copper over in Duskfall, but after he retired, he took to, the, to managing the post on the train because everyone's always trying to do crimes and capers and stuff on the old heaven sent because it's <laughs> such a a big such a big deal and he's he's styled himself into something of a, a train detective so to speak so he's out there sniffing out the cases and what all oh no god we've got a poirot <laughs> yeah you've literally got a poirot <laughs> <laughs> i said unlike i said Except unlike unlike Poirot, this guy who would have showed up on your radar ahead of time has a reputation for being good at his job. Wait, <laughs> how did we go this long in a train-based thing without doing some kind of Skimbleshanks joke? Like, <laughs> I am ashamed Where of myself that I didn't cat? do it first. Natalie is well, the, ra- the ra- railway cat. 
here's the here's the thing, Blondie. You're in the brig right now because you've broken every human law. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I've become what I hated most. I can't. Elba. Damn. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll let Disney make a movie based on this actual play if they get Idris Elba to play fucking Blondie. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yo, Zero questions asked, man. I want to see Idris Elba with a Claymore. Hell yeah. Damn. Anyway, so yeah. Get a bad German accent? Yeah. yeah. I want, I want to see Eldr- Idris Elba half-dressed burst out of a dressing room. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Yo, Idris Elba, if you're listening, so, hit us up. Some so food for thought. We're recording this in the middle of June, so consider this your obligatory Pride Month content. <laughs> uh, yeah, so from your conversation with her, you get some information on on someone who you can identify as Ricky Villon. Uh, someone who you can identify as Tina Slarala, and someone who you are not familiar with. Yeah. Um, and I will bad. go ahead and actually, because I haven't been doing clocks this turn much, I'll go ahead and say this is, uh, I'll start a clock under Adelaide called, because ah, I already did Guess Who, which is a thing. Let's call it the lineup. Mm. And we're going to call this a three of eight, is what we're going to call this. Nice. Okay. I think I'm actually going to, because Lucy seems pretty, pretty chill. I am not in a creepy way going to like, let the, let her know like, Hey, so a bunch of my friends have, have a loft. It's D12. If you need anything, just let us know. Just, just pop by. And she raises a glass to that. I will be sure to let you know. (laughs) You are obviously welcome to my uh, humble nook anytime you would like to stop by. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> you have a good one. You too. <laughs> I am I have lost the voice. I am just <laughs> okay. I am trying to alert us. as much as Ira I, could I and I can't. The just... amount of people on this train who they want to kiss. <laughs> Ira Ira's flustered. <laughs> Fern okay. is flustered. Ira's having the time of their life. <laughs> so at the end of all this Oh wait, no. Folly, did you act yet? Yeah, de- yes, you did. Just- That's right, you de-stressed. So at the end of all this, you, uh, so we start with, at the sort of beginning of this turn, we have Thalia in the concierge car, uh, Blondie being escorted back to, uh, uh, presumably having been informed that you've been in the, the suites in some capacity and sort of being escorted back there and left to your devices. And then Flint still in suites. And then also probably at this point, Ira heading back up to the suite. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you get the, there's like a sort of brief chime, like letting you, that's like, the train is entering night mode soon. Be sure to get some good sleep. We have quite a long trip ahead of us. So you'll want to be well rested. And then, uh, after that, the, uh, lights dim to basically near darkness. And, uh, yeah. So it's now nighttime. And the three, uh, four of us figure... are back in our sleep. Oh, you, you headed back as well? Oh, yeah. Cool. So everyone's back there. It's nighttime. Uh, as you would, as we've gone over, you can expect that most of the passengers are probably going to be hanging out like wherever they are supposed to be sleeping, and most of the guards are prob- most of the guards and concierge are off duty. However, there is more automated security active at the time, and that's really about the extent of what you know off the top of your head about what to expect for nighttime. Okay. 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 I- well, I already. I think I know what my next two actions would be i am tempted to just like get my whole like night set up out of the way but also if something wild happens 
I should probably yeah. Keep I will one say we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it to one at a time, just because of the pace that the thing moves at. Mm-hmm. But I mean, go ahead and tell okay. tell us what your plan is at least. And okay, we can start on it. Well, I am. It's very straightforward. I know Blondie's been very straightforward so far. I'll probably get a little more proactive in the next day, but um, he is going to decompress by attempting to just sober up as much as possible. So if we have any <laughs> water, he's going to like get a glass thrown in his face, get another glass and drink it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, alternate train, the, between your, throwing. Your room, had, your room has a mini fridge with some stuff in it. Uh, okay, then. Yes, then I'm going to do that. Go back down to three stress so I can start pushing myself more when things get real tomorrow. And um, I'm afterwards, I'm planning on just doing like the like a dream healing move, which is, I think is actually important to lay out to the others because I think it does mean I take up our limited number of bits. So, if anyone- so yeah, here's the thing with dream. So uh, it can only be used as the last action. It's assume you're going to be doing it until you wake up. Uh, but it's catch some real Zs. Roll your healing clock as normal. Uh, considering Rosalind's taking up most of one of your beds, your cabin only has two spots for people to sleep comfortably. Okay. You can also use Smooth if you have legitimate access to someone else's lodgings. So by default, Silver has access to the crew quarters in Key Major, as long as they stay in the crew's good graces. Okay. And that's better for Dream, but we'll get to that. So first, Blondie's de-stressing, slashing some water on himself. That's how he spends his uh, his action here. Uh, for the rest of you, who has things they want to do at nighttime? Hmm. So how many how many ticks at night do we have? You have two. Uh, I believe Ira gets a third action yeah, right. uh, out in the second tick. I have three. Mm, I so. I think what Thalia is going to do is, oh boy, I think it's too early for it. Part of me wants to just do just do ghost mode and try and get into the palazzo now. Um, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> it's very tempting, isn't it? Like, are you visible? Can you be invisible while you're ghost mode? Well, it's dark, and I'm just a shadow. I say, cons- considering it's, considering it's dark, you are going to be like. You know, at the very least, like, lot not visible. Considering it's dark and also ghost form is incorporeal, mm-hmm. uh, like, you are not going to be, like... I think I'll say, actually, you know, you would know from possible uh, side experience that the ghost form doesn't show up on cameras when it's dark enough. Okay. Um, I would think that, like, maybe... Uh- Maybe it is too too early, but in the night rather than in the heist in general. Uh, like maybe mm. next tick would be better, just because then we'll be sure that the people in there are asleep, right? Oh, that's a good point. That's a good idea. Um, then in that case, somebody else go. Well, I think. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um. So I think. Ira is going to um, chill at the bar and talk up the bartender. Uh, once again, getting as much information as possible on like any interesting people, like anybody drinking to forget their sorrows, <laughs> their, their memories, things like that. Like just like a late night, like sit at the bar and just gently. Or are, is the bar even open? Yeah, the bar's open. Yeah, it's uh like there's obvi- there's less people in it mm-hmm. than there were earlier, but there's still some people who are just you know yeah hanging out. They don't feel like going to bed quite yet. Yeah, I I think Ira will have one parentheses one drink, 
And uh, I would say from people that you would recognize, um, Ricky isn't here. I was thinking if he was still here, but he's not. Uh, Cursed, the musician who was playing earlier. There's no music happening right now because she's currently having a drink at the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy, the the guy who left uh, the lofts earlier, he's still uh, having a drink at the bar. And uh, Senior Sparkwright, Chris Bolt, uh, who's a uh, you who Ira at least would recognize. You would have encountered him at some point before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also uh, relaxing at the bar currently. Hmm. Who should I talk to? I guess I can like sit myself between uh, Chris Bolt and Cursed, and sure. try to like kind of talk to both of them. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Um. Since I know so, Chris Ball, could I could I just for for convenience sake say that like Kurt, Chris and Kirst were uh, talking, and I like yeah like they're probably having some kind into of the conversation upon knowing Chris. They're having some polite conversation. You you nudge in, and Chris introduces you to the best of Chris's ability, mm-hmm. uh, to whatever extent he actually knows you to introduce you, and you know. You work your way in. It's not it uses too, one too of the nicknames that the crew has for me instead of my actual name, and I just let it slide. <laughs> he he calls you Dandy. Oh, Dandy! <laughs> this is Dandy. The uh, uh. curse, like visibly, like cracks a smirk at that, but doesn't like is polite enough to not laugh at it. <laughs> uh ira does but like in a very happy way <laughs> ira glasgow yeah. good to meet you <laughs> um, yeah and she inter- she shakes her hand hi i'm cursed daniel i play a hurdy-gurdy yeah, were- <laughs> <laughs> i love it play not even play the hurdy-gurdy play a hurdy-gurdy <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, I, she, she shrugs. Yeah, I mean, they're they're all hurdy gurdies. I like mine quite a bit, but you know, <laughs> it was you. It was very. Well, Fern is not good at this. <laughs> Fern is lightweight. Also, sounds like <laughs> I am not drinking. Or not Fern. Uh, Ira is a lightweight. Specifically, is what I meant to say. <laughs> Ira might be a lightweight. That might be interesting. Um, but. Um, <laughs> I, you sounded really good up there. Thank you. Um, I, I guess I should ask as we continue: what specific kind of information are you trying to get out of either of them? Um, I kind of do want to like, uh, like feel out to to a certain extent, um, like, uh, Kurt's vibe. <laughs> Um, sorry, I'm just, my brain is, like, all, um, so, like, but just, like, I definitely got, uh, got the vibe from, uh, Captain Lucy that, that she is not a secretly disguised person, um, and so... You at least didn't get the vibe that she told you any lies while you were talking to yeah. her, at the very least. Yeah, so that's kind of the, the, the idea, is just, like, get a general vibe check on Kurt. Sure. Um, okay. As well as, like, um, talk to Chris about, like, his day and if anything weird happened. I'm going to call this a sway, because I think what you are trying to do is you're not necessarily manipulating them to act differently, but you're trying to test the waters of, like, their personalities, basically. Yeah. I'm going to call that a sway. I'm going to say, as usual, it's a controlled standard. Mm-hmm. Um... And I don't think you're particularly intimate with Chris. No. So. 
I'm not going to give you that. I don't one. think so either, but we're friends ish. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. You, you know each other as well as you Whoa, can. Whoa, I got Holy two sixes. Shit. Wow. Whoa. That's a that's a that is a critical <laughs> success. So remind so you were just trying to suss out like whether they're uh secret like secret spies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, not just not just spies, but just like a person in in disguise, like that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so you spend probably the entire block of time talking to both of them, like, being the, being the third, not the third wheel, but, like, being the joining, uh, component in this conversation. Um, and what I'm going to give you for critical success, let's see. So, you're able to, using, like, the kinds of, I guess you'd call it social engineering tricks Mm -hmm. that you've picked up in the course of your, uh, sort of career so to speak as a slide mm-hmm. um you're kind of able to like lead small talk in kind of in ways that will give you that like signal uh personalities and like proclivities and stuff pretty well uh the first thing that you re- the first thing that you notice is that uh chris is probably like not super thrilled that that you are in here because you get the sense that he was maybe trying uh, ineffectively to uh, swoose, ah! to swoose, let's say. Um, but he's... In other words, my Iris goal is now going to be ultimate wingman. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the conversation's going well. So the animosity has faded, but there's a moment there where it's like, ah, fuck, this never works out how I want it to. <laughs> um, but what I'll say for 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 Chris is that any from you knowing him well enough beforehand, and also just you know, testing him here is that you get the sense that he's on the up and up. Like he's just someone who's good with doing electroplasmics. And really the senior spark ray doesn't have a whole lot to do on one of these trips anyway, because things don't break super often. So he's mostly just on retainer and hanging out for the most part. Uh, nothing really would pick, you would pick up as suspicious. Um, cursed. Uh, let me think from what you're able to pick up from Cursed. You're able to pick up that she that she actually uh, stays in the lofts. Ooh. She's uh, a really... Though you probably aren't familiar, you might actually be a little bit familiar if you're thinking about it, but she's like a pretty accomplished musician who uh, kind of does big performances in different parts of the Empire and occasionally uh, comes to do performances on the Heaven Sent. And it's pretty, you you can act, tell looking at her, like, she's dressed in a fairly unassuming way, but she has this very huge, like, pearl necklace with a jeweled brooch on it that is, like, maybe one of the most expensive-looking pieces of jewelry you've seen in your entire life. So, you were able to pick up from context clues that she stays in the, in the lofts. Mm-hmm. You were also able to pick up that she has, like, you wouldn't call it hostility, but there's a degree to which her open, her like amiability, her the the way she is like kind of being very polite and charming to both of you is kind of affected, and you wouldn't necessarily know enough to pin it as like hostility of any kind. But you can tell she is much more guarded than her personality lets on. Mm. Mm. So it's not so much like it makes sense with the fact that I can tell when anyone is lying. Um, it, yeah, you don't get the it's sense of not her, that she's like, lying. She's just like putting on a face <laughs> to a certain extent. You don't like. There's a degree to which, like, I think the sense comes in degrees, mm-hmm. and there's a degree to which, like, there's just an itch where, like, you can tell that she's like 
she's kind of in a constant state, not of telling lies, but of just like putting on some kind of face to interact with the both of you. Mm. Uh, nothing you can really like insight aside from that you can tell it's happening but she doesn't like tell you anything that sets off your lie detector in full force the time you're talking Mm. like she identifies herself as cursed thaniel and you don't like that doesn't come off as a lie to you okay okay you just get the sense that she would isn't being her perfectly honest self Mm -hmm. at the current moment Mm -hmm. is she into chris as well (laughs) (laughs) um I think I think you can tell enough from looking at people when like their people are trying to make passes. You can tell it's like she's not unopposed, but also isn't trying to start anything. Okay. She's very uh. You get the sense she's kind of all business. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, Chris, yeah. meanwhile, is not is not perceptive enough to notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I think that's how I spend my tick of time is just discussing. Like keeping a, co- a a lively enough conversation between the uh, them, like how's yeah. going? Sounds good. Uh, we still have Thalia and Kristoff. Um, does do I have to specify what I'm prepping, or can prepping just be used as like a like a flashback the next day? It can be used as a flashback the next day. It's just depending where you're. Like presumably you're going to be prepping in the suite. Yeah. It has to be for anywhere you'd have the time to actually do it mm-hmm. whatever it is you're spending the prep for has to be justifiable based on where you did it that's okay yeah i'm just gonna do that then cool so you spend time in the suite uh doing something that might come up <laughs> flint hmm this is the last tick right uh the first tick of the oh, night first actually tick of the night. hmm so no dreaming but Bart attended and really, the only restrictions here, as far as actions go, is that if you are going to try and get into a yellow car or a red car, you need to have a pass for it. Otherwise, things could go bad. Yeah. But aside from that, like, not a whole lot of people, there's very few people who are actually still up and at it, and security is mostly dispersed. Hmm. So when you say that I have to sort of prep for the area, could I sort of... Could I go try to subtly do something and say embarkment or even in the workshop to try to get in there tomorrow? I mean, you have the pass for the workshop. You can get in there. Okay, that's a good point. Uh... Yeah. It, and, like, the thing is, having the pass now means, like, having a real pass means you can go there during the night and there not be problems. Oh, okay. If you were if you were trying to sneak your way in, there would be problems. But as is, like, the, the pass is legitimate. Good twenty. Oh, so I could, uh, for instance, skulk into baggage and try to find the sun shard. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Excellent. Can. Sounds good. Okay, so that's going to be it. Uh, I think a we think survey or like prowl, maybe. Uh, it would definitely be uh one of the intellect. Insight. Okay. Uh, probably survey because it's rather. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, because you're trying to gather information about opportunities or exploits, I would say. So I'm going to say it's survey. Okay. So I'll... And it's going to be, uh, since you have the the passage that you need, it's going to be controlled standard. Okay, and I'll go ahead, and since I have an easy way to sort of clear out stress, thanks Rosalind, I'll go ahead and push <laughs> myself on this one, uh, you know, try to get try to get into as many of the, like, cubbies as possible. 
Yeah. Also, oh. I will. Ooh, got a one and a two. Mm, no. Devil's bargain. Well, you think. Well, uh, so before we do Devil's Bargain or talk about pushing yourself, I will say what you do notice both going into the workshop car and then also going into the baggage car is that when you do, uh, the key that you, in your pocket vibrates. Hmm. Like, as you pass. Okay, so it's like thing. the key gives so out there's a presumably signal some, the door or something. Yeah, well, it's not just that. What you Because you actually still punch in the card. What you think is happening is that the security system is pinging you to make sure that you have a key. Oh, okay. Before I even get to the door to use the key. Okay. Or rather, as you pass through the door is when this happens. Oh, so someone who doesn't have so a like key. So when you enter, when you, when you enter the baggage car, after you've entered the baggage car, you feel the vibration. Okay. Okay. So basically it means that, like, he couldn't oh. hold the door open for us. Like, you couldn't oh. have... So when I did that to Elena, uh, that might be why I got some suspicion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's not just that because this hasn't actually happened to you before. Says, this is something that has only started happening now. At night, maybe. And you get the sense it's probably part of the nighttime yeah, okay. system. Yeah. Oh. That makes sense. Okay. Good to know. Um. Well, all right. Devil's bargain to maybe succeed. Well, if if the devil has one for me, you know. Mm. <laughs> uh, the devil's bargain. Yeah, I'll give you another dice, but you're not the only person in here. <clears throat> Nasty. Okay. Um, one more die. You know, the last time I took one more die, it worked out great. Let's do it. <laughs> oh my god. Let's see. Hey, gambling. Alright, hit me. Got a five. Five. Mixed success. That is at least an improvement. <laughs> so you come in, um, and let me think what happens. So you come in to start uh, going through uh, luggage, basically, and looking for a sun shard. Um, you kind of get back to the... And you, and you know to go directly to the uh, gold uh, coach kind of storage cubbies, because you've figured out that no one in silver is probably is Adelaide, and if they were going to have access to one of these cubbies, it would probably be one of the gold coach ones. Um, as you're looking through this, you hear the door open again. And uh, you hear the sound of two footsteps walking in. Uh, the first is uh, belongs to a voice that you recognize, and she's like, "Okay, sir, I'm going to take you to your to your cubby, and you're going to get out what you need, and we're going to leave." And then you hear, uh, first thing is actually there's a a sort of a ping noise as a sort of um, machine voice asks, "Senior concierge Natalie Braun, there is someone unmarked with you. Please identify." And she says, it is a passenger from Silvercoach named Eckert. He is supposed to be here. And the, 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 after a ding, uh, the machine goes silent. She's like, okay, get what you need. Don't take too much time, please. And so you're kind of right now hiding in like, yeah, fucking third person shooter chest high wall, uh, <laughs> uh, behind a cubby with some, uh, suitcases and luggage and stuff in it. Oh, boy. And, uh, a name you recognize, but hasn't spoken. <sighs> Uh, is currently uh, somewhere over in the uh, silver coach. Wait, who's Eckerd? Eckerd uh, is a corpse thief. Uh, we are <laughs> enemies. It hasn't really come up, but... Uh... Oh. Yeah, um, you did not expect Eckerd was going to be on this train. He did not come up in the uh, the passenger list while you were... Uh, or the passenger the extent to which you were able to actually locate passenger lists. He didn't come up, so it's a surprise. To you. Yeah, one of those one of those unpleasant little surprises. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, actually, you know what? I need to retcon something mm-hmm. real quick. He wouldn't be in Silver Thing. Uh, Natalie Braun would have actually taken him to the opposite side of the gold packaging because he is in gold coach right now. So like where there's that middle row, I'm like hiding behind one side and they're on the other side. Yeah, you're currently just kind of like thing. So is um, he bald? And does he smell bad? Yeah, he's bald and he doesn't smell good. Oh wow! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> well, yeah, he digs around in graveyards. That's his job. <laughs> I say it's like it's like the captain said. He smells like he's somewhere where they send the corpses to get burned. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. No, that didn't occur to me before because I don't generally have to think about Eckerd. I thought he was out of my life. <laughs> I I I was just like there. I'm going to sneak him in somehow. Yeah. I I uh, sidebar uh, for the listeners at home. This is maybe I think the fourth score where I've had a planned Eckerd appearance, and the past three have just been he didn't show up because the thing I had planned, uh, the place I had planned for him to show up was circumvented. Oh He's like so. the first Majima. Oh my god! Yeah, he's everywhere except where you are, except this time where he's going aggressively where you are. So, but what I'll say is, uh, while he's making clatter going through his stuff, and Natalie Braun is kind of looking on concernedly, you actually, I think she catches, she like her eyes notice you, and then she just sort of like does some mental math in her head and just like looks away. <laughs> oh boy! She she at least she can at least identify probably that you're. Uh, through context clues, uh, someone that she's supposed to be ostensibly not paying much mind to. Um, so yeah, you get some opportunity to go through some luggage, and you... So let me think. I think this is going to be... So first I'm going to give you another tick on train recon, so that's at three of six. And then I'm going to start another sun shard. Oh yes? And we're going to call it uh, Baggage Hunt. Mm. And that's going to be at two of four. Ooh, okay. Oh, so, so you've got two in progress clocks for your sun shard progress right now, and you're able to get some stuff there. And eventually, at the end of the tick of time, uh, she uh, Eckerd apparently has done whatever it is he sent out. He set out to accomplish. So uh, she kind of like you know leads the way, but gets him back to presumably to Gold Coach where he is staying, and you're able to uh, leave unseen. Would I be able to go through his stuff? What's he doing on this train? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, give me a second roll. Fuck it, why not? Uh, for what? Prowl survey. Let's call it. Let's call it Tinker. You have to break in. Oh, I got a pixel off. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we're gonna call this this time. This one's gonna be risky standard. Makes sense. I'm too stressed to uh, push myself and truly focus as much as possible, but. Three and a four, so next okay. success, just barely. So he has a a, a rather uh, a concerningly large luggage case mm. uh, of certain proportion that you could make some assumptions. Does about. it smell oh, no. like corpses? It does oh. actually. Oh, Eckert, you son and of a bitch! And you kind of have a thing where you're you're able to. Uh, while, while fiddling with the lock, you're able to get... It's kind of a similar thing as what happened to the Blondie situation earlier. You get a sense of the kind of shape of the key you'd need to open it, but you're not able to open it. Mm. Like, you get that. And then there's, like, kind of, like... I think what happens is, very similarly, like, you are poking around and you notice something that you don't set off, thankfully, but would have been an, uh, some kind of, like, small kind of electroplasmic, like, tamper. Mm. 
proof kind of thing. Like, it would have uh, done something if uh, tampering had been detected, mm. but you're able to just miss uh, actually having activated it. Okay. Um, as for the complication... What? Does, uh, maybe it's going obviously to... been, like, messed with? Yeah, so I'm going to say it's two things. The first is that, like, the lock is a bit scuffed in a way that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And you're not sure if that's going to be a big deal or not. The second thing is that you, while you're here thinking about it, you've been here in the baggage car for a decent amount of time. And also now you're messing with someone's stuff that isn't yours. Yes. And Flint's suspicion is now at three or four. Makes sense. (laughs) And I think that's the first tick of time done. If I'm not mistaken. We still have night. There was still one more for the night. Yeah, I mean, the first first tick of night. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I'm... You know what? There is a possibility that things would come up that would cause me to um, change my plan, but I'm barreling ahead. I'm going. Blondie is going to sleep. Um, Blondie is too drunk to stay awake. Yeah, uh, collapse collapses. I I think staggers towards the bed that Rosalind is on for a second, and then has cognizant is cognizant that the bed is full, and then proceeds to uh, sprawl out over the second one. Yeah. Like I think uh, so as so currently, unless anyone has other plans, uh, there are uh, the only good place left to sleep is the couch. <laughs> oh man, um, the suspicion clocks are only four ticks big. Oh, I'm almost suspicious. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. Um, I was gonna say the, the thing that I, the 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 the, the trade off here is that unless you like it was only like a desperate roll or something, these are usually only gonna be ticking up one at a time. Gotcha. So it's it's a bit slow. Okay, but. so I'm gonna just roll two dice for healing. Um, yep, and since this healing. is called Dream, I don't think we necessarily need to go into details, but I, I, like, I've got the haunted trauma. I think I'm going to have dreams related to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is apparent to everyone else that, you're, that your sleep is fitful. I six. got a six. Rad. Um, I believe for you that fills up your healing clock. Hell yeah. I'm not even going to bother ticking it, because it'll just go right back. So, splitting headache gets downgraded to... Pounding headache? Um... Let's just call it uh, head congestion. Oh, jeez. You get the feeling after after you've had too much, or uh, well, you will when you wake up, of the feeling of having of being kind of dried out. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm not just a heads up. I can do the bad German voice, but I can't also do the bad German voice with a stuffy nose. Or can <laughs> just hold your nose you can just and hold do your nose. Yeah. That's a good point, yeah. Maybe I'll give it a shot. It'll be the height of my acting career. <laughs> this one is for the voice acting reel. So we have, uh, obviously, Flint Connect again, Ira Connect again, and Folia Connect again. Mm-hmm. And I'll say for for time's sake, because I know what Folia is going to do, yes. and we should probably save it for last. Um, Ira, your third action for a thing is just going to be a second action that you can do during this tick of time. So you get two actions that you can do during this tick of time. Oh, basically. neat. Well, I know what my last action is going to be, but I don't know what, because uh, I was going to have my next action just to go through Gold Coach and sniff out who, like, <laughs> literally sniff out who was... Who stacks. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we already know who that is. Yeah. Uh, hmm... I think I might, like, hmm, I might insist to walk Kirst back uh, to the lofts, since we're going the same way. Uh, So what I'm I'm going to say is, since it's some time spent, 
uh, part of the time is actually continuing to have the conversation and kind of playing that card, uh, convincing her. Uh, so that's going to be an action by itself. Yeah. Just convincing her is going to be an action by itself. Uh, itself. It. I realize it's the process of doing it because ultimate, otherwise it's going to be ev- no diplomacy actions take time whatsoever. Okay, understood. I think I think I think what this would be represented by is you coaxing her into being comfortable enough yeah. to do that okay. through just being good conversation at the bar. At this point, Chris has already left. Yeah. Uh, Roy is also drinking still, but <laughs> you get the sense is probably going to head back to his loft at some point as well. Yeah. Soon. Um. But, yeah. Yeah, I might have like brought out my trick cards and might be doing like <laughs> card tricks or something like <laughs> um but um so yeah not doing them super well because you're you're a lightweight but it's still like, charming <laughs> yeah um so i think that would be a sway yeah yeah that's definitely a sway okay for cool. sure and then that would be controlled or risky uh, I'll say it's controlled standard. Okay. Because I want to get a good idea of who else is in the lofts as well. Mm. Mm. Ooh, six and a five and a five. So just wow. a well, there's a six in there. Um, so what I'll say is you. Uh, I un- I guess the question is under what auspices is uh, Ira trying to uh, escort? cursed back to her loft that's honestly like is it, it is it are, are you just doing it purely in a friendly way or purely is it like in a friendly it? there's no like flirty or anything i get the vibe i i think that uh ira senses the vibe that like that is not the that flirting and trying to be be hot and stuff like that is not the 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 approach that would be good with uh, Kirst, and I think that might be the reason that Kirst has entertained them for another tick of time. <laughs> yeah, and so what you're very easily able to do after a conversation kind of leads that way is uh, Kirst uh, goes back to the lofts with you. Um, there's a ding, similarly as there was in the baggage car, asking her to identify her unmarked guest. And she says, this is my friend Ira. They'll be, they'll, they're fine. They'll be on their way shortly. Mm-hmm. And then the thing dings off and doesn't, uh, it doesn't resume and she just kind of goes back to i'll say it's probably the it's probably the loft that's like at closest to what you'd see is the entrance to the palazzo okay. that doesn't appear to even have a key shunt on it mm-hmm. it's just a closed door but she and it's also pretty near the elevator that goes down to gold coach and she's like well you shouldn't have any trouble you know going back to i forget if you said you were in the suites or in gold coach but both of these should work without a pass from up here so you shouldn't have an issue, you know, getting back to wherever. And I, I appreciate the conversation. I, uh, she, and she's kind of like gestures like, you know, uh, that Chris guy seems nice and all, but I, I'm used to that whole, uh, shtick. Yeah. So I'm glad you were seem chiller about it than I expected at first blush. I understand. Uh, anytime, anytime. Um, it, it, is it while we're here, uh, have you have you noticed anyone else in the lofts be acting like strange or suspicious? Um I think I think she would say uh just not even as a additional role or anything. She would say like 
No, I can't really say, but I am also not in lofts most of the time. Like, I've just come here to sleep at night, so I wouldn't really know. And that just... I'll I'll say, like, you've had the kind of buzz of vague uh, dishonesty the entire time, but at this point it's completely gone away. Yeah. Like, she's, she's being... she's leveling with you. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you stay... you have a good night. Alright, you too. I'll probably see you tomorrow, assuming you're in the lounge at all. Mm-hmm. And then she, uh, goes into her loft. And with your second action, you're currently in the lofts and aren't expected to not be in the lofts since you've been allowed currently. Cool. Are there windows on the doors? Uh, no. These are all private rooms. <laughs> okay, guys, what should I do? <laughs> I did something. I say I think I think at this point, so you know uh Cursed is in the one that's close to like the bottom elevator. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, shortly after this, you'd see Roy come in and then like without even acknowledging your presence, kind of uh slink into the one that's nearest to the top elevator. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Uh... Peek through some keyholes. Good. <laughs> Is that, is that worth doing? <laughs> what do you want to do? I wanna, What's your idea to do here? Wanna, Anything can be worth doing. So we know two people, that, three people that are in the lofts, but there's still three other lofts. So I want to find out who's in the other lofts. And mm-hmm. Who's the third person that you remember is in the loft? Lena. The, Lena. Lena, that's right. Yeah, Lena's in here somewhere, too. Um... Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to treat this, whatever you decide to do for it, as kind of what I did with Levi's security camera thing earlier, where the amount of information you get is dependent on how successful you are. Okay. Cool. So let's go ahead. And you're just going to like be peeking through keyholes, or what's your approach here? So these people in the loft seem to keep to themselves and enjoy their privacy, right? Uh, to the extent to which they're in the loft, if... yeah. Part of, part of the appeal is the privacy. What if, as I am somewhat disguised as like a noble-ish person perhaps i just knock on all their doors and are like oh no i'm so sorry i must have gotten the wrong <laughs> one <laughs> that's not a terrible oh. idea to all the, the i'm into it <laughs> i'm into it well you already have fine clothes and jewelry mark so what what are you doing here sway presumably yeah or... i think this is this might this might be a sway. There's no like deceit. So okay, um, uh, as usual, I'll go ahead and call this uh, control great. And as you just go knocking on doors, we're gonna just knock on doors. That's okay, great. That's actually a great idea. Put on my mask, my fancy mask that I got at this. And you are, and obviously, you are like vocally drunk. Yeah. So, <laughs> but not so loud that um. That that Kurt, Kurtz can hear me. <laughs> All right. So this was controlled. Great. Yeah. Okay. No bonus dice. There's a five. Okay, so for a five, I'm going to give you two doors no i'll give you three doors because there's six in here Mm -hmm. um pick your three it can either be ones that you already know people who are in them and you'll get more information on them maybe or it'll be doors that you don't know who's in them okay so the only ones that you know specifically are the ones that are closest to the elevators on each side are uh 
Kirst and Roy, respectively. Kirst and Roy. I still haven't gotten a vibe check from Roy yet, so we'll see. He hasn't really interacted with anyone yet, so... Yeah. Um, I think I want to do the one in the middle, on the top row next to Roy's. Okay. Um, let's do both of the middles of the top and the bottom. And then, um, let's also do Roy's. Okay. Uh, so, uh, the top one. So I'm going to think now about who's actually in these. So let me think real quick. The top middle one, you, uh, knock on door, do your spiel. Uh, is someone you recognize? It's actually, uh, the Spear Warden, Agatha Kratz. And she's, uh, very charming and sweet. She's an older lady, long silver hair. Uh, she's like, oh dear, I, I understand completely. You have a nice night, stay safe. Um, you look in, like, you get a kind of brief look inside, and the room is well appointed as the lofts are. But aside from, like, the spirit warden-y kind of stuff, like the uniform and some equipment, there's nothing super remarkable in it. Mm -hmm. So that's who's next to Roy, up in the top middle. Okay. In the bottom middle, you get someone who is... They are a noble of some kind. They would be... Let me think. They're not someone you've met, but you've probably heard of them. They're someone who, uh, they are, they, they're kind of part of one of the big, like, uh, family owned, uh, kind of electroplasmics kind of, uh, big manufacturing concerns in sort of the northern Akaros area. And they, I mean, they're just, it's just an, an older dude who's like kind of bothered about having been woken at this hour of night and shoes you away. Uh, nothing particularly interesting there. Uh, Roy, uh, similarly, uh, he's like, oh, well, I, you're, I'm sure you'll find your room. Uh, you take care. Uh, kind of a, you get the sense that he's not, he doesn't have a disinterested personality or anything, but you get the sense that he's very tired and also has been drinking most of the night. Mm -hmm. And you definitely notice uh, in his room, aside from him being very clearly uh, the only person in it, uh, like, there's a lot of just uh, furniture in here. There's, like, one suitcase in here, and it's, like, even relatively small uh, compared to what you've seen in the other people's rooms. Uh, there's also, like, the, the mini fridge is, like, hanging open. Oh. <laughs> Good. And that's what you get from him. Excellent. All right. All right. So I guess that is the... That's my set. Is that my yeah. second take of time? Yeah, and I'll give you here, I'll bump the lineup clock on Adelaide. I'm going to bump that to, uh, I'm going to say that's a uh, seven of eight. Mm -hmm. And that represents the two ticks of time that you had there. So that means that we know. There's yeah. a, there's some electroplasmics guy yeah. who's, you, you don't really think is, and... doesn't, doesn't strike you as super notable. And then there's the, there's Roy. Who appears to be a uh, who appears to be drunk and lonely, but also <laughs> you know is a similarly a industrial kind of personality. And then the spirit warden is up in here as well. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, I think I am happy with that. Just for fluff reasons, not for a tick of time. Uh, I think the rest of the night Iris spends like over in the crew quarters, snuggling up to doll. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say that happens. Like you still get to sleep at some point. It's just, it's, no dream uh, action is taken. Yeah, 
I'll say since you are sharing a relatively small bed with a relatively large person, it's uh, <laughs> not exactly the most comfortable sleep in the world. Uh, yeah. I believe we still have Flint and Folly. Yeah, and you know what I'm going to do, so. So, uh, Flint is going to, I don't know, he's going to, like, uh, sleep on the couch. It's not especially uh, comfortable, but so what I'm going to do is tune. Okay. Ooh. Sounds good. So, what specific information are you looking for in this room? What is Eckerd? Like, what are you trying to what think What is Eckerd doing here? Okay. Um, well, as usual, give me a tune. It's going to be controlled standard. Okay. Got a two, so no dice. Okay. Well, what happens is, so you are kind of trying to think about, puzzle through Ecker, and you eventually fall asleep on the couch, and in your sort of restless dreams, you see, you see one, his leering face, um, his horrible, like, he, he's, like, missing teeth. <laughs> Like, kind of a... He has this horrible, smoky voice that you just don't like to think about. You really don't like this motherfucker. Um, but... And you kind of have this image of, like, some nondescript body that you can't really identify in kind of a uh, uncomfortable-looking position as though it was, uh, you know, being stored in something that's a bit too small for it. Mm. Uh, perhaps with folded-up limbs and all that. Um, and you see a vision briefly of a, of a large suitcase changing between hands in some non-specific location. Oh no! Who wants to buy corpses except for doctors <laughs> and people who want to do research? Hey, he has a he is a he is a corpse dealer by trade, so someone must want to buy him. You know, besides yeah, me, and that's I mean, who else is buying corpses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what you've hmm. got. All right. Well, I'm good. Which I believe leads us to Folia. Hey. So, um, I really want to know what's in this plot, so it's killing me. <laughs> um, so Folia <laughs> is going to let everybody else rest and then steps out into the hallway and fishes the, uh, the cage out of her shirt and just, you know, just grasps it real tight and then immediately just melts into shadow. Mm-hmm. That happens. And she's going to, I assume it's quite easy to scoot through the lofts uh, and pass through the, the door separating the lofts and the palazzo, and she just wants to peek inside. Yeah, okay. You're going to give me a roll. Okay. It is going to be a tune. It is going to be Desperate Great. Oh, cool. Yay. Desperate. Great. Come on, no whammies, no whammies. Uh, I'm going to push myself to get a bonus okay. dice. Okay. Four, two, four. Really? God almighty. Okay. Um, let me think here. Are you going to be pursuing a devil's bargain, or you just want to see what the mixed success is? Oh, what's the devil's bargain? What the devil's bargain is, I'll say... Actually, let me think what the devil's part would be. Because I want to offer you one, because it could be fun. But I'm also trying to think of what it would look like. Um, the devil's bargain here is that someone who would be... No, I know what the devil's bargain here is. This is You can't try this again. This is the only time you're going to be able to use the, oh. the ghost form to get into the plot. So. 
Oh, you don't have to take this, but if you do, that's the consequence. What do you guys think? I, I think I think you should do it. Um, there's no guarantee that it's going to like drastically improve. Technically speaking, like right. there, it's like the only way it could be better if you did would be if you got a six, and there is like right. it's a one in three chance of that. No, yeah, it, you're right. No, there is a there is in fact a one in six chance of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Yeah. So yeah, obviously the economics aren't great, but if that's something that mm. you, that you all want to gamble for, then by all means. No, because it's still it is a mixed success. So I am going to deal with the consequences. And yeah, um, so you turn to a ghost, right? Uh, at first, there's like a brief like pulling sensation because you realize like, oh, this train is moving at speed, and I've never tried to do this in a non-stationary location right. before. <laughs> Um, but you're able to actually orient yourself uh, pretty quickly using, like, the sense that you have, like, the electroplasmics running through the length of the train as, like, sort of a, a walls, almost, to ground yourself. And you move through the door to the lofts, and it doesn't open for you, and the security system that you would have expected doesn't, if you weren't doing this, doesn't ping at all. You aren't there for all intents and purposes. And then you pass through the door to the palazzo. And in this large car, the room itself taking up the entirety of this of this gigantic car, it's practically a, a palatial estate of itself, uh, you feel as you come in and start to take in the darkened surroundings, the luxurious furniture everywhere, the uh, one or two very well-uniformed guards who are currently uh, sleeping in cots kind of outside of the vision, of a much larger bed, uh, four posts with the curtains hanging over it in kind of the uh, fancy sort of way that you would expect to see in a, a you know a fancy noble's home, probably like the one you sleep in back in back at uh, the Kingclave household, mm-hmm. and you feel everything grind to a halt. Oh boy. Not like the train itself stops, but like suddenly it feels like you are moving like molasses, and then like nothing at all. And there's a spotlight on you, casting your whole shadowy form in stark relief. And over on this bed, holding up one glowing hand with an eye set in the middle of it, is a masked and robed figure wearing a featureless mask, a gold circle with 12 spikes radiating out from it. Oh my god, I I think I know who this is. And you hear a sort of smoky, almost weary voice like... Well, what do we have here? And it stands from the bed and begins to approach you. Do you do anything? Do you even try? Um, I think I'm going to tr- Oh, God. I think I know who this is, and I'm, I'm gonna die. Ooh. How dare you, Saturn? Uh, so I think Dahlia is actually gonna try to run. <laughs> okay. Uh, you try to run and camp. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> you, your, your your form judders briefly. Mm. And he's like, oh, enough to make a dent. Interesting. And the robed figure, as he comes closer to you, you didn't realize how far away he was. You thought he was just walking slow. This The, the figure stands well over seven feet tall, maybe even close Damn. to him. Like, very, very tall figure. Damn. And it, he reaches out, and the thing that you aren't expecting is that he touches your forehead. And despite the fact that you are an incorporeal ghost, 
The free hand that isn't shining a spotlight on you from this horrible twitching eye centered in the middle of its palm just sort of touches your forehead as though you were flesh and blood in a way that obviously you're still a ghost. And he's like, well, this is a rather interesting spell. Seems to be homemade. Demonic, maybe? Huh. You. Me. What is your name? I don't have a name to give to you. Hmm. Shame. I will admit, for a fledgling of your craft, this is actually rather impressive. Hmm. Well, for the entertainment, I suppose. I'll give you one good. And then he kind of, uh, the, well, the gold, well, the, the, the hand with the eye shining a light on it is still blaring. He kind of flexes his fingers on the other hand. It's like, here's a warning. This one might kill you, but if you're half the magician you seem to be, it shouldn't. Take, consider it something to remember me by. And then he taps you once with two fingers on the forehead. Now, if you don't resist, you are going to immediately take three harm. Oh, God. And die. Oh, God. So you should probably resist. Yeah, let's resist To that. the best of your ability. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Go ahead and roll me uh, resisting with with prowess, let's say. Actually, no. This is a tune. Roll resolve. Okay. Oh. Six? Yes. Oh. Six is incredible. <laughs> so this does not cost you any stress to do. <laughs> What happens as this tall robed figure uh, touches your forehead with those two fingers is you feel this horrifying, wrenching surge of magical energy. And before you realize exactly what's happening, you appear, flesh and blood, back in your car, and you slam against the wall, and blood is pouring out of your mouth, and it tastes like salt water, and it's running black. Oh, God. And you take... You take a 2D harm magic shock. Magic shock. Okay, better than being dead. Uh, and you've met someone very important. That's the Immortal Emperor, isn't it? You would recognize that man as the Immortal Emperor. Yep. <laughs> oh, shit. Ah! Yep. Oh, man. Fuck. Thought so. And with that, that takes our first day toward <laughs> the Heaven Sent to a close as Thalia is wiping blackened blood from her nose and mouth, uh, having created a sudden disturbance in the car. <laughs> okay. Tomorrow, we get to uh, proceed with this new information. Okay. Big Gay Nerds is made possible by our Patreon supporters. We would like to give special thanks to Alexander Messick, Calvin Cox, Evelyn Nadia DuPont, Frank L., Jack Toops, Jarnope, John the Book Hoarder, Lori Dean, MC Verdandi, Ollie, Patrick Moore, Thor Holmquist, and Trashy May. If you would like to join their ranks and gain access to special content, Simply visit us at patreon.com slash biggaynerds and donate at the Lauded Gay Nerds tier. If you'd like to support us for free, spread the word on social media. We're at Big Gay Nerds Cast on Twitter and just Big Gay Nerds on Tumblr and Facebook.